Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard Love save! Mike Smith, a game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. He like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Riley. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score! Leon Dreisaitl right circle! No risk, no game. And now we're going to have a goal reaction! This is NHL overtime! This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Alter Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Boss Offer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Scott, why, oh, why, Brendan, are we opening up with Eagle Eye Cherry? Which, by the way, is his real name. He was born on this day in 1969 in Sweden, which was another fun fact I learned this morning. I had no idea until you told me that. I was like, really? Uh, That'd be a pretty good topic one day for a show. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. We're going to have a fun show. Uh, We're going to hit on this being a significant date, a recent Oilers history. Uh, we'll get into NHL today and uh, replay a, co- a clip or two from yesterday's edition of Oilers Now as well. And, man, we got some good guests today. Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Canadian Power Pack, also from Sportsnet, Brian Burke, and our NHL insider, John Shannon. Of course, you can reach us at any time on our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Like most businesses, the River Cree remains closed during the pandemic. They'll be back up and at it with over 1,350 slot machines and 40 table games when the province reopens 
the River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. You can text us at 780-496-0063. The Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. Off the, I mean, that's obviously a one-hit wonder for Eagle Eye Sherry from the 90s, Brendan. Um, actually, the 90s features maybe my least favorite song of all time. And it, too, is a one-hit wonder. Ooh, I was going to guess Ace of Bass. They were not a one-hit wonder, though. No. What is it? The Macarena. <laughs> I hated that song. That is the lamest song of all time. It's, I mean, it is one of the worst. You know, I tend to be a really positive guy. I just did not like that song. Can you do uh, the dance? What's that? Or, or can you do the dance, though? Like, if you were called upon at a wedding or something to do the Macarena, could you step in there and hang? Uh, I'd have a much better chance of pulling off YMCA by the village people than doing the macarena. That was more your time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks a lot, bud. No, I mean, I'm thinking, uh, you know, uh, both good, bad, or indifferent uh, 1990s one-hit wonders. Letter up here. Text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. I, I kind of had a little bit of fun. We put a tweet out last night on George LaRock, and I, look, it's not lost to me. He remains a remarkably popular player in this market. It's great that he's back uh, out of hospital in Montreal. And, and I did mention uh, th- that, uh, you know, uh, it's got to be said, uh, not much of a singer, though. One day we'll have a conversation. We'll, we'll tell a little story about a, a shocking incident that happened at a George LaRock karaoke contest once at his place uh, back in the day. Speaking of Montreal, Brendan, these numbers, they're, they're just... It's 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 so sad, uh, you know. The province, uh, and by the way, today's update and 6:30 Chad Global will have ongoing COVID-19 pandemic coverage. Today's update with Dr. Dina Hinshaw is at three o'clock. But uh, over the last three days, 2,200 tests in Edmonton, one positive test in the last three days. Uh, there are parts of the city and various health zones in the city that have got like two active cases for COVID, under 75 active cases in COVID. Now, Alberta is obviously still having a challenge in Calgary and southern Alberta. Edmonton at 12. So put it this way. Edmonton's at 501 cases and 12 deaths. I'll contrast this. And granted, Montreal's probably two and a half to three times the size of Edmonton. But Edmonton has 501 cases. Montreal, as of uh, this morning, now up to 17,918 cases. There's been 12 deaths due to COVID uh, to this point in the city. Montreal has 1,666 deaths due to COVID. Obviously, you know, international flights, population density, all those sort of things. uh, Over 80% of the deaths now reported in Quebec tied to old age homes. Quebec now has over 300 uh, deaths per million, 313. Alberta and BC hovering around 24 to 25 uh, deaths per million, which isn't great, but it puts things a bit in perspective with some of the other challenges. And I just, part of me wonders whether or not, you know, the feds work in conjunction with the provinces and then the provincial jurisdictions sort of decide at what point various parts of the economy get reopened. And um, the... If if I had told you, well, which of the two provinces would be open based on those numbers that I just gave you, 
you know, and, and would have preschool open and that sort of thing, you would have thought it would have been Alberta, but it's been Quebec, and uh, they've are, there's already a, a really uh, distressing story that's come out of there today where 16 people have tested positive from a daycare in Montreal. So tough, tough times. Uh, but we're very happy that George LaRock was able to make it out of the uh, uh, Montreal hospital. Maybe next week we'll we'll have a little fun with the story about uh, George's legendary karaoke contest at his house uh, back in the day when he was still living here in town. Two, today's top story brought to you by Grey Rock Exteriors. Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free, no-obligation inspection today. Visit greyrockexteriors.ca. You know the drill. Uh, we're in a situation here where we're in the pandemic. The NHL's on a pause. There's no guarantee that we're going to come back. Uh, obviously, the uh, health of uh, everybody has to take uh, clear precedence. We know that. Uh that said, uh, there was a P- we're going to have Elliot Friedman on the show tomorrow and today in 31 Thoughts. He threw out a, a bit of a uh, wrinkle and some news in terms of what he thought. Again, we'll have him on full for tomorrow. But one of the things that he suggested, and this is a bit of a change, is that maybe we're going to go down to 24 teams and eliminate seven teams and, and have uh, sort of four regional pods of six teams, Edmonton and Vancouver, uh, bidding, obviously, for a spot, according to multiple sources of the National Hockey League, including Bill Daly, who was on the show last Friday, saying absolutely Edmonton's on the radar screen. Um, and so, uh, but Elliot's suggesting now that maybe seven teams would be eliminated. They just jump right to the playoffs. And actually, frankly, to me, that probably makes more sense at this stage of the game. Now, Another part, as we look at today's top story brought to you by Gray Rocket Series, that's that's in the here and now, and again, we're a ways away from that happening. Uh, Gray Rock Exteriors, Mother Nature wreaks havoc on your home. Book your free, no obligation inspection today. Visit grayrockexteriors.ca. Back to the 2017 playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers, the Anaheim Ducks, the Oilers uh, blowing a three-goal lead in the final three-plus minutes, including the disputed 3-3 game-tying goal where Ryan Kessler was all over uh, the Edmonton Oilers' Cam Talbot. I remember tweeting after the game, the Oilers have to park it. Well, they parked it, and one man led it when they played on this date three years ago, Leon Drysettle. as we go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear. Soft win by Drysaddle. Now he's down in the middle of the ice. Wrist shot score. One nothing Edmonton. Drysaddle had already drawn a penalty. It might have been a penalty shot, but he says, "Forget about it. I'll just beat John Gibson five hole." Oilers take the lead in Game Six. Cutting behind the net in front. Drysaddle backhander score. Two nothing Edmonton. Drysaddle with the finish. Latestu to Drysaddle feeds Lucic back to Drysaddle. One timer score. Drysaddle's got a hat. Leon Dreis, the final three games of the playoff series between Edmonton and Anaheim back in 2017, uh, the Oilers uh, put Drake Kajula and Patrick Maroon on the wings with uh, Connor McDavid. They had Anton Slepeshev, Milan Lucic on the wings with Leon Dreisaitl, and then Pouliot was with Nugent Hopkins and Eberle after Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, and Eberle were struggling five-on-five through the first four games of the series. Dreisaitl, five points in game number six. It was a significant moment. I know I tweeted it out today. and uh, For a lot of... Brendan, I I, got to tell you, hearing the fans, like... It is it is hard right now when you think that we theoretically could be in the second round of the playoffs. You never know. Uh, 
you know, had the, you know, we're, we're living with coronavirus. It sucks for everybody. We know that. It's a challenge. But when you hear the fans, it just courses through your veins as to, you know, the excitement level that was in the building and the realization, you know, you had people outside, uh, you know, I don't know how many, a thousand people outside the actual building celebrating every goal. It was an awesome experience, and the fans were a massive part of it, and the Oilers uh, hammered Anaheim that that game. And my only uh, one wish that didn't come to fruition during that game is I thought they had an opportunity to settle score a bit with Kessler and maybe let him a little bit off the hook. And the, uh, there was a little bit of a line brawl towards the end of the game, and... Uh, you know, maybe it's the old school 1980s, grew up in Edmonton and watched some of the toughest teams in NHL history play. But when you had a chance to, to deliver a message, those 80s Oilers did it. And maybe it's just the difference in the here and now of the game. And, I mean, look, the Ducks had guys like Josh Manson on the ice. But I thought maybe somebody could have taken a gotten a good pop in on uh, Ryan Kessler. Ducks, of course, won a one-goal game, game uh, seven of that series. But Leon Dreisaitl. I wonder for fans out there, and you can text us at 780-496-0063, was that performance by Dreisaitl centering Slepeshev and Lucic, was that the moment you thought, this guy can carry a line by himself? This guy can do it. Of course, Leon ran that super hot playoff uh, where he led the Oilers in playoff scoring. It was unbelievable. He had a five-point game that night against Anaheim. He also had a four-point game in game one. Um, led the Oilers in playoff scoring. Got you know, the the eight-year contract at $8.5 million. Pete Shirelli got a rip for it. Guys that are friends of mine, guys that, um, you know, run numbers and know sports and know hockey were openly critical of that contract. And now if we, again, if you take a look at what Elliot Freeman wrote today, there, he's not writing that just based purely on speculation. If there's a possibility we start up again and it's straight to the playoffs, that means the regular season's over. That means they're voting for the Hart Trophy. No one at the end of the 2016-17 season, would have thought that Dreisaitl would have been capable of winning the Hart Trophy. Well, he's probably the odds-on favorite to win it. And there's, you know, for me, I never doubted that at one day he'd be able to carry his own line. But to me, that was the first game where it was like, all right, this guy's going to be able to do it. He's going to be a horse down the middle. And uh, they were off and running. Uh, We also had the pleasure of having uh, one of my favorite uh, guys from the Oilers of the mid-2000s, Ethan Morrow would go on to be captain of the team. Very honest guy, uh, proud guy, never afraid to share his opinion. Uh, And, you know, there's some guys that wouldn't say, you know what, if their mouth was full of it. Uh, Ethan, he's going to let her rip. But he had this to say yesterday as we go back in our Orders Now Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings at Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com on the Edmonton Oilers building towards that cup run back in 2006. It was the accumulation of, of, of Jason Smith, um, and if you want to go back further, uh, Kelly Buckberger and, and Dougie Waite and Bill Guerin that yeah. taught Jason and I and taught Stevie and then Horkoff. We, we had this good thing building. I mean, Jason and Stevie and I were together for almost 10 years. We built a culture there, and, and, and to uh, Pronger and Samsonoff and Pekka's it was it was very professional to see them um, go into our group and and accept lesser roles when it came to being vocal and and how the team was run. We we, we ran the team 
the way that we had in the last three years. And they were great. They, they, they let us do that because we knew it was the right way. We had certain things that we wanted to focus on. We had certain principles that we lived and, and died by. And, and uh, every, everybody bought in. And it was a, uh, it was, it was, it was years coming. The year, year before, we won 36 games with not a great roster. Um, we just needed players, and more importantly, after Tommy left, we needed a goalie. But yeah, it was just uh, uh, a special, a special group of guys that loved the city of Edmonton, which, which, in years um, later, I think people really. Um, Yep. Um, didn't put enough value in that people that wanted to be in Edmonton. You can't just make trades and put people in Edmonton. You got to have people that want to be there, and if they want to be there, keep them there. And that was a huge um, mistake. And in, in 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 my opinion, what happened after that? Because there's no reason that our team shouldn't have been good for another two three years. All right, that's uh, Ethan Morrow. Of course, the Oilers, uh, and, I, and I said it after the interview, or after he brought that point up, I mean, Kevin Lowe and Craig McTavish, Craig Simpson, Kelly Buckberger, there's been criticism at times directed to all those guys. They all wanted to be here. They, their family's all invested here. They all liked it here. And I think they had a feel for those type of players. Um you know, some changes were made following the – with some of the personnel. Uh, the team tried to get proactive. I remember specifically in 2011, some called it the summer of Steve, Stam, uh, Steve Tambellini, who I must say was a very nice man. Uh, great guy to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, maybe not necessarily a grinder in the traditional sense of a, a guy like a Ken Holland – who grinds and grinds and grinds, and that is a compliment. And for those of you that run businesses or those of you that are driven, the most successful people tend to be grinders. But uh, Steve came from a different organization, and uh, I remember the Oilers signed guys like Belanger and Ben Eager, and a lot of people thought those were going to be good signings, and they kind of backfired on the organization, and there was a little bit of unhappiness because they came from elsewhere. Sometimes you're better off drafting and developing your own guys uh, they get a sense of what it's about. And I, I'll, I'll even take you to a significant trade that happened. The Oilers tried to upgrade their skill level on the back end. 2008, they traded Matt Green and Jarrett Stoll. Two Edmonton drafted and developed prospects for Lubomir Vizhnovsky. And Lubo was not happy that he got traded here, despite the fact that Lubo was a terrific guy. And he had some extraneous uh, challenges in his personal life uh, where maybe somebody that he cared about didn't necessarily love it here and the Oilers had to flip him and uh, I think that's maybe a bit of what Ethan was kind of speaking about Um, they had you know with Horkoff and Stoll down the middle there were some good pieces at center Hemsky was here for a number of uh, years in the wing pretty decent player you know uh, Torres I actually he had a long career I actually thought he had a higher ceiling at one point but was a legitimate top nine NHL forward. Uh, Pronger didn't want to be here. What happened, happened. The trade, you know, he got moved along to Anaheim, and the Oilers tried to get a couple assets in return, and, uh, you know, they ended up flipping a loop after year. And uh, Schmid, who I, I might might even be back in town right now, um, Ladislav Schmid was a decent defenseman for a few seasons here. But the point Ethan was making is some, you, you got to – I think the best chance Edmonton has to have the happiest players possible is when you draft and develop your own guys. Now, that said, Morrow was traded here, and Stales was signed as a free agent, but literally rescued off the uh, scrap heap. 
in the case of Horkoff, uh, Hemsky, Ryan Smith, those guys uh, were were uh, traded uh, or sorry drafted by Edmonton. Even Jason Smith, Jason Smith uh, was a player that didn't you know New Jersey Toronto kind of bounced around a bit and really found his identity and I will always tell you this it is my firm belief that Jason Smith is one of the most underrated uh, Edmonton Oilers players and leaders of all time all right let's get into NHL today for elite promotional marketing building tailored branded programs where your order is done on time every time elite promotional marketing and back at the 630 Chet Studios here's Brendan Escott all right Bob well I think by now most of us have seen the Brendan Leipzig stuff that leaked out yesterday uh, screenshots of what he called inappropriate and offensive comments made uh, towards a couple different groups in uh, Instagram group chats. The team said that they will handle the matter internally. Um, he had some things to say about his teammates, so I think for his sake, I hope it's not Garnett Hathaway handling it internally, if you know what I mean. The KHL announced it will not award a champion for the 2019-2020 season. The eight teams that are in the playoff picture right now will be ruled as jointly finishing in the top eight. I guess that's the purple participation medal uh, or ribbon. Um, Lightning signing Dmitry Samikin out of the KHL to a three-year entry-level contract. He's their third rounder from 2018. And of course, Oil Kings bench boss Brad Lauer named the WHL Coach of the Year today. He is the first Oil Kings coach to take home the award and did so on the heels of back-to-back division championships. Bob, the team is 84-30-10-8 under the Humboldt Saskatchewan product. Yeah, he's done an excellent job and he's been a part of it i mean they had some good players coming uh they're going to be a good team for the next couple of years uh but i think that there's you know he's had all that experience as an nhl assistant uh he's worked uh with a coach like john cooper and we'll have brad lauer on the show tomorrow he's got a real great feel for today's player and uh as a result the oil kings i think over the last two years have exceeded expectations and they got ripped off i mean they had a chance to win the whl championship this year 1226 in edmonton louis debras coming up at 1235 uh off to a global news weather traffic update with eileen bell oilers now with bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on oilers radio 630 chad